In the previous two segments, we discussed the basic rules for the division of profits and losses generated by a partnership between the partners. In this segment, we discuss further questions in this area. First, we discuss questions involving debts that are contracted on behalf of a partnership, either by the partners jointly or by one partner. How is responsibility for those debts allocated between the partners? Then we'll discuss the question of a partner who engages in unauthorized, illicit, sinful, or criminal activity. How does that affect the division of profits and losses? The question of debts contracted on behalf of partnerships is discussed in Simonai and Zion in the Torah Shulchan Aruch. There are two Sifim, Sif Aleph and Sif Beis. Sif Aleph discusses the question of partners who jointly borrow. The question is, from the creditor's perspective, what are his rights to sue the partners? Can, in law, we talk about joint and several liability. Can the creditor sue an individual partner for, for all the debt? Does he, have to go, does he have to sue each partner separately for his portion of the debt? What are the creditor's rights with respect to partners? Sibbeis con- concerns a case of a debt that was, in, that was taken out by one partner on behalf of the partnership, allegedly on behalf of the partnership. When do the other partners have responsibility to pay for that debt? So Sifalef, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, Shnayim Shalavu Ke'echad or Shalaku Mekach Echad, two people borrowed money together, or they bought, they bought something together, they're considered guarantors, co-signers for each other, even in the absence of any explicit stipulation to that effect. And therefore, if one of them doesn't have sufficient funds to cover his share of the obligation, the creditor can collect the entire obligation from the other as a guarantor. But if each partner does have sufficient assets to cover his share, then the creditor is not allowed to go after the Arif. He's not allowed to try to collect the entire debt from one of the, from one of the borrowers. The Ramah explains, we treat him like an Arif. Entirely like an Arif. The halacha is when Ruven borrows and Shimon cosigns. If Ruven defaults, then eventually the creditor can go to Shimon. But he can't just go to Shimon initially and say, pay me the money. He has to first sue Ruven and attempt to get the money from Ruven. The Shulchan Aruch continues, Initially, he has to try to collect the, from each person the half, of the, debt, the half of the debt that he's responsible for. Elam Kane, the Ramah adds, Elam Kane Pirshu Behedia, unless the partner stipulated explicitly, unless they explicitly stipulated that they want to be treated as Kablanim, which is a stronger form of Arev Shaz, Tavez Menchirta, as the din of a Kablan. The Shulchan Aruch goes on, If one of the two borrowers paid the entire debt, then he has the right to collect the, whatever he paid on behalf of his partner from him. If two people borrowed and one paid back the, the whole debt, he's paying off his friend's part of the debt. These halachas are, are complicated. These latter, these latter halachas are complicated. They depend on the difficult sugya of of someone who pays the debt of another, someone who has no relationship, someone who's an Arev, we're not going to get more deeply into that part of the sugya. But the basic psak of the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah in the, in the main part of the Sif is that when two people borrow, each one is primarily liable only for his share of the obligation and secondarily liable as an Arev for the entire debt. There are, there are post-Kimor but this is the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch. 
Sibbeis discusses the, the other case, the case of when only one partner borrows on behalf of the partnership, under what circumstances are the other partners responsible as well? So the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, Shutfin Shalava Echad Mehem Me'acher L'Terach HaShutfus, one of the partners borrows on behalf of the Shutfus from someone else, Hasheni Meshubad, the other partner is responsible for this debt, as we said before, as an Arif, on half as an Arif, and on half as, uh, as primarily liable, Afal Pishloha even though he was not part of the transaction, he was not there, he didn't make a Kenyan, he's liable anyway. This is only if the second partner concedes the basic point that the money was borrowed on behalf of the shutfus. Oh, she's borrowed over Beidim, or if this is established by witnesses, Uz, Dino then it reduces to Sifal if we treat it as two who borrowed from one, where each one is liable for the whole thing on half as a Lovan and half as an Arif. So obviously the halach is clear. If a partner borrows for his own personal use, the fact that he happens to be in a partnership doesn't make the other partners responsible for his personal debts. But if the debt was incurred on behalf of the partnership, both parties are responsible. And that's true whether it is established by witnesses that that's what the purpose of the debt was or whether the other partner concedes. That's the ruling of the Shulchan Aruch based on Sam Rishon. The Ramah brings a dissenting view. The Ramah says, V'yesh amrim dim lonis bar hadavar be'edim if the fact that the debt was taken out on behalf of the partnership cannot be established with witnesses, certainly if he doesn't agree, everyone agrees, he doesn't have to admit that that was what happened. But even if he agrees, the Ramah says, he's moda, out of his personal integrity, he's moda, in that case, the second non-borrowing partner is not responsible for the debt, unless there are assets still in the shutfus, then the creditor can collect from the assets of the shutfus on behalf of the entire debt, on behalf of both parties. But if he's trying to go after the personal assets of the party for borrowing, a shutfus is not a corporation, the partners have personal responsibility for debt, so if the creditor is trying to sue the, the non-borrowing partner to pay out of his own pocket, not from partnership assets, then he can only do that, the Ramah Paskins, he can only do that unless there are witnesses that testify that the money was borrowed on behalf of the partnership. The Chenerli Laharos, the Ramah sides with this view, he Paskins like this latter view, that the second shutuf is only liable out of pocket for the debt if there are witnesses that, that the debt was taken out on behalf of the partnership, his own personal concession is not sufficient. This is a somewhat unusual halacha. Generally in Chosh and Mishpa we say, Lo ivri shakri. you only need witnesses if a point is in doubt, if there's debate about it. But if he admits that it's true, that's generally just as good as witnesses testifying to that effect. So the shach has a lengthy discussion about this halacha. It's based on a difficult nachlochus rishonim with explanations of the achronim. But basically the shach explains that, the, that here, he was, not, he was not actually involved in the transaction. He did not borrow. So there are rules that in certain cases, because it was borrowed on his behalf, in certain cases he becomes liable. But since, since he didn't actually borrow, he's only liable under limited conditions, and those conditions are that it has to have been, A, of course, borrowed for the partnership, but B, that has to be established by witnesses, either witnesses who, who, who were testified, who knew this uh, at the time, or even if it was Ms. Barra today, the Shach says, even if it, today we were able to verify, we were able to untangle what happened and figure out and prove, establish with witnesses, that it was borrowed on behalf of the partnership. In those cases, the other shutif incurs, the non-borrowing shutif incurs liability as well. But in a case where, even though it's objectively true that it was borrowed for the partnership, but there was no evidence to that effect, even though the the non-borrowing partner agrees that it's true, in such a case, 
since he didn't borrow himself, he incurs no liability, and, and if there were no partnership assets, and there was no objective third-party proof by witnesses that it was borrowed on behalf of the partnership, in such a case, there are my paskins that the non-borrowing partner has no obligation. Shulchan Aruch paskins like other Risharim, that there's no such distinction, that it doesn't matter as long as we know, or he concedes, as long as Basin is, is, accepts the fact that it was borrowed on behalf of the partnership, the non-borrowing partner is, is always liable, but there are not paskins like a different view of the Rishonim, that it's only if there was, the way the Shach explains, some Akronim understand it a little differently, but the way the Shach explains, the Ramah means to paskin like the view that it's only if there was objective evidence, objective proof to that effect, either witnesses at the time or witnesses now who can clarify this to Basin, but if it's, if it's only based on his, the non-borrowing partner's personal admission, then he has no responsibility to cover the debt, even though it was taken out on behalf of the partnership. Turning to the other question, a shutif who engages in illicit activity, unauthorized illicit activity, Shulchan Aruch Paskins and Simon Kufai and Vav Sifyud Beis, Echon Mea Shutfin, Omis Asik, Sha'asis Charab and Avelis and If one partner does unauthorized business in Avelis and Trefus, you're not allowed to do business in non kosher food. Even if it's not Asib Bahana, there's an Isser, Madaraisar, Madrabanan, you're not allowed to do business in non kosher food. Uchayotzi Behem, Haschar Emza. So the schar is still split, as per the rules we discussed in the previous segments. But in hefsid, even though hefsid is also usually split, usually hefsid is split as well, either 50-50, according to the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch, or according to the Ravid, proportional to the contributed capital. But here, the hefsid is hefsid la'atzmo, because he engaged in unauthorized business, so the other partners have the upper hand. If there is schar, if there's profit, they get their share. But if there's hefsid, they can tell him, we're washing our hands of this, you shouldn't have done this, not our problem, and the hefsid is born entirely by you. This ma explains, Mishum Diyesh Isser Basic Scharasan, because there was Isser involved, Nimsa Duhushina Lis Asik Bedavrash and Aderach Lisharbo, that's considered Shinoi, that's something we'll discuss in, the, in, in future segments, in the fourth, uh, fourth week of our study, I believe. Nimsa Shushina Lis Asik Bedavrash and Aderach Lisharbo, that's a Shinoi, Bechalamashani, Adel Altakton. When there's a Shinoi, based on the Gemara, we have this rule that prophets are still split, the way they would have been without the Shinoi, but losses have to be borne entirely by the Mishana, by the deviating partner. Ramah gives other examples, Ramah agrees to the basic rule, and he gives other examples, if the Shutuf stole, if the Shutuf stole, then the Tzarech Lachlok im Chavero, he has to split the proceeds of his ill-gotten gains, if there are profits, with his other partners. But if there were losses, he's the Mishana, he has to bear the losses on his own. The Ramah adds, this is only v'dafkem hifsid kodim shno delachavero. This is only if the, if the hefsid happened before his other partners were apprised of what he had done. So they can say, we never accepted this, we never endorsed this. Avalum chalak agnevim ashotuf, but he already divided his ill-gotten gains. V'yachakach bahali lalav, and then, then the consequences occur, they get fined, bad consequences happen. And now, the, now it's a net loss rather than a gain. He bought stolen goods. Of course, all these halachas have stolen are only in cases where they don't have to give back the stolen property. In cases where they have to give it back, then obviously there's no profit. But in cases where they're, where they're able to keep it somehow, then the then normally he would have to split the profits. The Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah Paskins, they split the profits, and the loss would be borne by him himself. But, but if he bought stolen goods, and he divided it with his other partners, and they were happy to take it, and then consequences occurred, negative consequences occurred, once they bought into this, once they accepted this, then it's a regular shutfus, and the regular rules of sharing the hefsid 
apply, once they agreed and accepted what he'd done, then they're bound by it, they don't have to make a Kenyan, their acceptance is binding anyway. So the, this is the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, that with a person who engaged in illicit activity, sinful activity, as per the case of the Shulchan Aruch, or illicit activity, illegal activity, fraud, as the, the case of the Ramah, theft, and so on, so they split the... They, 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 so they have to split the profits. The other partners are still entitled to their share of the profits, but the but as to losses, he has to bear all the losses, all the losses himself. The shach is not happy with this ruling of the ruling of the Ramah. The shach says the Ramah's claim that if one partner steals, that, that he still has to share the profit with his other partners. The shach says this is wrong. The bulk of the shach's discussion involves a careful technical reading of the Rishonim. And the discussion actually hinges around a comment of the Yushalmi. The Yushalmi says, the Yushalmi says that the Chain Shutuf, Shamatza Metzia, Gonav Gazal Chalkin. A Shutuf who found a wallet, he found a Metzia, or he stole Gonav Gazal Chalkin. Some Rishonim understand Chalkin, they have to split the profits of their, of their criminal activity. But other Rishonim, the Shach says it means Betmiya. Shutuf Shamatza Metzia, he finds a wallet, does he have to share that with his friend? If he, if he stole money, does he have to split the profits? Of course not. So the Shach certainly agrees that the, that the Hefzid goes to him alone. He has to bear all responsibility for the negative consequences. But the Shach strongly inclines to the view that the positive consequences, to the extent that there are any, accrue solely to him as well. The Shach argues this point at length and says, Metzia also, Metzia, how, how do we pass him about Metzia? The Rishalmi seems to equate Metzia with uh, Ganavagazel. We Paskin Metzia typically goes, uh, generally goes Latzmo. If he finds a wallet, he keeps it. It was common among the Postkin. The Postkin record, it was common that, that Shutfin often explicitly agreed to share Metzias as well. But absent such a stipulation, a, a Shutfin gets to keep a Metzia that he found. So, and the Ushamli says the same thing applies to Gun of a Gazel. So the Shach strongly inclines to the view that if he steals, the Shutfin gets to keep the profit just as he's responsible for the loss. The Shach goes on, he says, Shamati Echad. He heard from a certain Gadol that in Svara anyway, in Svara it's reasonable that the Shutuf should get to Ramah is not is not logical anyway, that the Shutuf, it's Mustaver, the Shutuf should keep the, the ill-gotten gains. He says, doesn't really explain why, but he just says it's self-evident, it's Mustaver, he should get to keep it. And even in the Rishonim, those who say that he that he has to split the gains, they're talking about Kishagneva Sakana, where there was danger involved, and as Sivas explains, it means danger to the other partners. The other partners can say, look, by, by your criminal activity, you put us at risk, so it's only fair that we should share in the profit. You still have to bear the loss, because we didn't, we didn't author, authorize this. But that's fair. That's what somebody showed them held. That's fair. They should split the profit, because they were placed in danger as well, so they deserve to share some of the profits, but still not the loss. However, where there was no danger, the Shach says, and he strongly inclines to the view that he should not have to share the, not have to share the, the profit either. The Nesivas and the Taz... They say they also say that uh, that this Ramah's ruling is difficult, and that in general a shutuf, a shutuf, uh, the halachah will be allowed to keep the the proceeds proceeds of his criminal activity. We, we Basin won't be moti moment. Basin won't compel a litig- a, a shutuf to turn over the proceeds of his of his criminal activity to the other partner, even though the Ramah rules that way. They say ain lahoti mamun from a shutuf who engages in theft and fraud, and the nesiva says this is even in the case of sakana. Even in the case where he did put the other shirt from that risk at the end of the day, if he generated profit, the Nasiva says, Ain Lahoti Mamun, Basin will not force him to turn over a portion of those ill gotten gains, 
even in a case where he actually put the other Shutfin in danger.